This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 286, recorded on December 1st, 2016. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets at Find News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska. I'm cold, Bellevue, Nebraska. We, uh, winter has arrived in the Midwest here, and a little snow flurries yesterday, not too bad. But, of course, we post a show with world-class show notes each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can also join us live on the mobile app if you'd like to do that. Spreaker, of course, sponsored by LastPass. If you head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Uh, right there on the front page are both uh, the, the subscribe buttons for both Android and iPhone. You can just one-click subscribe, get subscribed to it. You never miss it. Download the app. It's there. It's the best way to listen to it live, and uh, we'd love to have you do that again. Head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com, and again, we'll thank LastPass for their sponsorship of our mobile app. And don't forget, Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. Find the link to this show and many other great podcasts out at thegeeksnetwork.com. Com. Don't forget, we also have a Patreon link if you want to financially support the program now. Of course, uh, we mentioned it a ways back, but Amazon ditched us. And so if you want to financially uh, support the show, head over to our Patreon link. You can get that in two ways, theaverageguy.tv and look in the right-hand corner. You'll see us as Patreon or theaverageguy.tv slash support. All right, a fun interview tonight and a guy I've been getting to know over the last uh, last couple months, I guess. I was on his show and I thought it would be fun to bring him on this one, Ross Brand, and of course Ross is—he's uh, really the the voice behind uh, what he does over there at Livestream Universe, LivestreamUniverse.com, and is experimenting with a whole bunch of ways and a whole in, a, in interviewing people that are doing live streaming like we do here. So, Ross, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Jim, thanks so much for having me on. I, I've learned so much about podcasting from uh, you know listening to you, watching your shows, and. Um, You've been a, a, an inspiration and a help to me. And I, I actually used, when you were on my show, uh, back in August, I think it was, July or August, I, I actually saved that episode to remember to come back to that when I started my podcast. So I listened to what you said about RSS feed, then I went and I listened to what you said about uh, where to host and, you know, show notes and, and all that stuff, which, uh, you know, so many great tips in there. So I... I'm honored to be on your show, really. I've, I've looked to you as somebody who really does this right. Thanks. I enjoy helping people get started. And I really love, you know, it's just fun. Uh, you're, you're, you're a teachable guy. And so that's always fun because you ask great questions and then you listen. And not everybody's willing to listen sometimes. Like, you know, they'll ask for your opinion and you tell them and they're like, no, that can't be right. And you're like, why did you ask me? <laughs> right, right, right. And so we've had some great conversations uh, over podcasting, and it's been a ton of fun. Ross, your background, though, you've got a background in radio, right? Is that uh, – tell me a little bit about your, your background. First of all, let's start – where are you from? How would you get to where you're at today? But let, let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. So um, born in New York City, grew up in New Jersey. Um, after college, I had moved out to Arizona, was living in the Phoenix area and started writing for newspapers and did that for a few years and just started getting the sense that like, I want to try radio. So I went to a college radio station and started DJing and 
my first show as a DJ was a struggle. It was awful. Let's let's face it. What you year know, is this? What, what year are we? This, we're in the nineties. <laughs> this was Street Boys. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, I. But but it just like my whole delivery and everything was so wrong for DJing, right? Um, and so the second show, I had somebody who wanted me to interview somebody. I mean, I must have had an audience of four people, right? But they were trying to promote something. So I had a guest on, and I talked to them, and a light bulb went off like, okay, I may love music, but, you know, you got to go with your strength. So I realized that I enjoyed the talking, the interviewing, and stuff like that. Uh, so the next week, I was DJing again. I didn't have a guest. And a, a guy was hanging out in the studio and I was kind of like, Hey, what are you doing here? He's like, well, I'm going to be doing the halftime show of the football game. And another light bulb went off and I was like, Oh, so you know, sports, how about, uh, you know, NFL? Cause, uh, you know, college football is college football, but my show's late on the Saturday afternoon. Maybe we could, I could have you on for an hour and we pick the games or whatever. And, I mean, the chemistry like clicked. It was, it, we ended up doing like three hours. And so my DJ shift basically became eh, half an hour to an hour of music. And then we go into two hours of sports talk. And since we didn't have many commercials other than a couple of PSAs or whatever, we just play a song when we needed to take a break and change topics. So I got my songs in and <laughs> that's awesome. how our, how our show went. Um, and obviously, I must have had a knack for talent because he went on to work for ESPN oh, wow. as an anchor, and he's now like a morning TV show guy uh, in Ohio. So, uh, but he was on, you know, ESPN News and uh, ESPN Radio hosting shows and stuff like that. Um, so his his career took off, and I um, ended up getting a job. I got a job in Virginia, my first paid real paid uh, on-air job and I did that for a year and then I come came back to Phoenix and and got a job with the major news talk sports group of stations there and it was like you know within a year my life went from doing before four people to like 150,000 wow. on a broadcast so I I was just loving life and it, and it was great and I got the bug to kind of wanted to want to do play-by-play -play sports so I took off from that because it just doesn't happen in a big market like Phoenix from, you know, doing some on-air work to all of a sudden you're, you know, the, the guy the guy who's doing the Phoenix Suns right now, let's, let's just put it this way and how hard it is to get to do play-by-play, -play, and I didn't really understand this maybe at the time. The guy who's doing the Phoenix Suns right now, and you can tell I'm not the youngest guy in the world, right? He was doing the Phoenix Suns before I was born. Okay, he's still doing play by play. So you think about how, you know, like if you go, okay, I want to do NBA basketball in this town, forget about it, right? I yeah. mean, I think the New York Knicks have had two play by play people my entire life here. You know, they, they had Marv Albert until he got in a little bit of trouble and they brought another guy in and then they switched and then finally Marv had like a contract thing. So there's another guy who's doing who's doing it now. But there have been two people doing the Knicks my entire life. I think the guy who's been doing the Yankees here has been doing it since the early to mid 90s, right? Same. So, so in other words, these game, these jobs never change, right? So I, I had gone to start doing minor league pro basketball and stuff like that. And then I got another job at a radio station to, you know, help pay the bills and whatever. And I ended up doing that. So I ended up doing about 10 years in radio, left radio, figured 
had my fun. It was, it was a good run. I enjoyed it, but wanted to do some other things and never thought I'd really get back to broadcasting again. It just, okay, we close the books on that. We move on. And in October of 2015, right, yeah, I discovered... Yeah, I just I discovered this little platform called Blab. Now, I didn't know really very much about live streaming, other than I knew that there was a Periscope and a Meerkat, and a few people that I was connected to on Facebook would occasionally talk about doing something on one of those platforms. And then they would say, oh, and now we're going to talk about it on Blab or whatever. And I thought Blab was like some sort of chat room thing brought into the, the, the 2010s, right? <laughs> And, yeah. and so I went there, and lo and behold, this is like talk radio with webcams. I was like, oh, this is the coolest thing. So, uh, you know, I immediately saw, like, there were people who had talent who were doing this. You know, they didn't come from a broadcasting background. A lot of people were marketers and solopreneurs and coaches and people like that. But they did really, really interesting shows. And, and a bunch of podcasters started then doing shows on Blab. And I was like, this stuff's phenomenal. So I started a Twitter account had no no inclination that I would do any broadcasting myself, right? Just wanted to share what people were doing. Within a week and a day, I think it was about eight days, I had 500 followers on that account. I was like, okay, there is a very passionate community around this. Now, it's a small community. It hasn't grown like that since, right? I mean, it's a small community, but it's a passionate community. And so I started a website, continued to sort of cover what was going on, just sharing what people are doing because there was no TV guide for this or anything, right? Um, so eventually I called into a couple shows and I got the bug again. And so I started doing a show uh, in November of last year and it's been just over a year now of doing a show every Monday night. I added a, a few monthly shows to go to, to kind of complement the weekly show. And then this past summer, I started doing daily updates. Uh, rather than rely on tweeting or putting it on a website, what's going on with live video, why not deliver what's going on in live video in video form? Mm -hmm. So, um, and since I started doing that, that's really like things have kind of taken off for me in terms of really being able to stay on top of what's going on because people are now submitting stuff to me and telling me about their shows. And I'm trying to now take it to the next level by getting people to actually submit highlights from their shows or to comment on things related to live video so I can do a little news story around it and now bring in for video for the video version, but I also now have a podcast version, so it gives me sound from the pod for the podcast as well. So that's that's where this this thing is now as we head towards uh, 2017. Yeah, and, and you're committed to daily updates, right? I mean, you're you're jumping on every single today's Monday's update. By the way, you got a great voice. For oh, it. so <laughs> it's, I, I like listening to you because it's for me. It's I, I grew up on AM talk radio. My dad, right. That's all he listened to. And Joe Starkey, the voice of the Cal Bears, you know, you talk about these guys, these broadcasters who get these gigs. And literally, right. I mean, Joe Starkey is still, I mean, this was when I was a kid 30 years right. ago. And uh, and he's still broadcasting for, for, the, for the Cal Bears. But um, you're doing a daily, I assume this isn't your full-time job, right? I mean, you're, no. uh, you have, you actually, what do you do? Can, can, can I ask what you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Out? I do, um, I have a, I went in between radio and finding blab. I, <laughs> I, w I went to, uh, NYU, got a master's in, in HR 
and I worked as a recruiter and I worked in HR and, and then started doing consulting on the HR side. Um, along the way, I was also doing sort of events and stuff and using social media to promote those events all around the HR topic. Um, and then realized that, you know, my, again, life just comes kind of full circle, right? I didn't want the media stuff at all, right? And it just comes that like, okay, this is where my ability lies and this is what I do well. So um, as I got onto social media, it, it stopped being just about using social media to engage around HR topics. I'm like, well, I could really do the social media stuff for a variety of businesses, right? And, and so it was no longer just helping, you know, HR coaches and, and, and training companies and stuff like that use social media and, and, and use um, digital marketing and stuff like that. I could do that for any business or any brand or whatever. So uh, HR continues to be a part of what I do, but it's not all of what I do anymore. And now I do, I help people with everything from, from web design to using LinkedIn to resumes to, you know, a lot of small business owners, people who are transitioning careers, who don't just want to have a resume, but they want to have a personal brand. Uh, you know, maybe they were uh, a partner in a law firm, they had some high profile cases, maybe they, you know, they were an executive at a company, and now they want to, you know, do speaking and write books and things like that. So, uh, but they have, you know, 10 Twitter followers, and they've been told, you know, I need about 10,000 before anybody's gonna <laughs> pay yeah. attention to you. So I, I kind of give them a strategy and help them ramp that up. And, what you, and oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. What, what do you think is, is your helping people today? do these kinds of you know re they're basically they're rebranding yes themselves by the way is that your real last name if we're talking it, about it absolutely is it absolutely is a funny real quick funny story um I, I remember i was talking to somebody about getting into radio and uh they go you know i have no idea if you're gonna be any good but i can tell you one thing you don't have to change your name <laughs> yeah. yeah right on ross brand, a short I, name very easy to remember. I'll help you fix yours right you could you could say that that's awesome when we think about technology, social media, and we talk right. about people rebranding and making themselves available, what what do you think, what's the single biggest either mistake or, or what are people missing out on, do you think, that they could be using that or what's gotten big that wasn't there just three or four or five years ago when we think about that rebranding of ourselves? Is there a platform or a technology or a method that you that most people just kind of miss or that you like to use a lot? I think most people think in terms are, are, are a little too static, right? They think, okay, if I put up a LinkedIn profile, people will find me, right? If I have a website, people will find me. If I have a Facebook page, people will find me. And you have to continually figure out kind of where the wave is going and, and ride it some, right? You, it's It's always... What do I need to do to generate interest? What do I need to do to generate activity and engagement and get people interested? There's no, there's no more that like, you know, you put a store up in the, in, in, on a street somewhere that's busy and you just wait for the traffic to come in. If you want to be a, a person who's recognized for your expertise and whatever, and I, I hate the word hustle because it's become so overplayed, but you do. You have to get out there. You have to... You know, if you want to do live streaming, you can't just live stream. You have to listen to other people's shows and stop in their shows. They'll come to your shows, have them on as guests, whatever it is that you want to do. And, you know, 
I see that maybe the live video thing will will work in, in into this, but it's not there yet for most people. Most people, you know, if you can get them to be active on the main social channels a, as a way to start to build their brand and think about how what they post and how what they talk about and what they blog about and what they write about and what they speak about relates to what they want to do and what they want to be known for, that's, that's a huge start. Because think about somebody who made their success before the, the social media age, right? They, they did not have to. If you were an executive at a company or you were you know, a partner in a law firm or you're a, a medical doctor in a small town or you know, whatever, hey, if you have a full, full client list and, and, and full patients and you're booked up, do you really need to worry about whether or not you're, you're optimizing your Twitter account? No. Why would you, right? You're getting paid to do what you did yesterday, and you're getting paid very well. But now that you want to play ball in the new economy, um, and you're not going to do what you did yesterday, how are people going to find you and then think that you can um, compete and, and, and produce? And, you know, I mean, like, for a lot of people who have business experience, they're they're in they they're surprised, but they they actually can be in very much in demand in like the startup field, right? Because, for lack of a better term, the startups need a little adult supervision, right? You got a genius who comes up with an app. You got tech guys. You got a few people who maybe know how to sell and market. But okay, then what happens when we have an IPO? What happens when the government has this regulation? What do, what happens if we then have an investor or a board or what? Like, there's all these business things that, that right that aren't that aren't thought about HR issues and all that. And so a lot of these people could could really, you know, set themselves up for great roles helping startups and stuff like that could really monetize that particularly if they you know they they go to an ipo and they make a lot of money whatever right but they have to be able to understand the tools a little bit right they have to still swim in the the same pool that everybody else is swimming in so you know they they need to know what's going on on twitter they need to know what's going on on facebook they need to have they need to have a little bit more than just their name and title on their LinkedIn profile. And then they need to figure out, and, and basically right now, I mean, the game's only really being played on a few platforms. Right. I mean, yes, there's a million different niche it's social really networks. Three, right. Yes. It's really three, right? Facebook, LinkedIn, right. Twitter, right? For and, the most part. And I, I would argue now that it's more Facebook than it's ever been. Like Facebook, there was a point where Facebook started becoming uncool amongst the kids. But if you're over 25, um, Facebook is now like a really low barrier to entry. You can join these Facebook groups and start chatting with people and start learning about what's going on. Um, Instagram, I mean, um, LinkedIn groups have, have, have gone, gone in total decline and, and been sort of overtaken by Facebook, except in like the most traditional industries. Like if you're in, I don't know, insurance or something, I would say probably a LinkedIn group is still probably going to be better for you. But if you're in any kind of, you know, tech industry or creative industry or whatever, I bet there's more interesting activity going on, more ability to connect with people and learn and share information and, you know, even find collaborators and stuff going on on Facebook. So, it's all very interesting, and it's constantly changing. Well, that's the thing. It's constantly changing, right? I mean, I, I think that's the we, – we have to be a little careful 
about right. saying, okay, for this, it's that, and this, it's that, because that might change. I mean, link, LinkedIn groups have made a resurgence and then it got died back. And then they make, right. you know, LinkedIn is, is struggling to change some things to, to be, you know, relevant in the market and they're doing a ton. I mean, they, there is, there's been a resurgence I've seen on the link in the LinkedIn space. We had Chris Nessie on uh, back on Home Gadget Geeks 272. We talked about education and ed tech. And, you know, Chris said, man, all the teachers, all the educators, they're all on Twitter. And they are. It's crazy. I go out there. If I ever want to do anything education wise, they're not on Facebook because their students are on Facebook. So they don't, you know, like right. it's a different like they're, they're collaborating on Twitter and there's these ton, there's tons of Twitter and around ed groups. And so I think for some people, it's about finding out, right, finding where your people, your peeps, those right. That right. audience you want to be associated with. Right. It's kind of finding where they're at. Then maybe an Instagram. It may be, you know, it may be someplace else and not in the big three, so to speak. Right, right. And, I, you know, I, I noticed in the chat, um, Kevin says uh, LinkedIn is, is my job search center of focus. Still still remains the place, although, you know, Facebook is now going to start offering uh, companies a paid option for for putting their job postings on yeah. Facebook, which will be in addition to, you know, you could drop it in your news feed, right? But you know, if you're a company and you just post a text with a link or a photo with a link, you're not getting a lot of eyeballs on that. But I'm sure the solution is going to get a, a, a way for a lot of job seekers to be able to see to see what you post. Um, somebody else mentioned, I sorry, I, I missed the, the comment, but somebody else had mentioned earlier that they use um, Facebook for personal and LinkedIn for business. And for a lot of people, that still makes sense, right? It just depends on what, what, you know, your industry is and what your goals are and stuff like that. I often think that a really good sort of entryway to, to social in terms of actually being social are Twitter chats. That's the one place on Twitter where the engagement still remains really good and people still really share a lot of information and a community builds around these chats. So if you want to know what's going on in an industry, um, I, I think a Twitter chat's a, a great way to... Yes to dive in and start to see who's active and what they're talking about and things like that. Um, the other thing is, you know, there's something to be said for, um, we all think in terms, like all the marketing guys, because I've seen them on Blab a million, million times, and I guess I, to some extent, fall into that field too. But they always think in terms of how does this fit the funnel and how do we uh, capture names and all that. You, you do need to think to some extent that just being out there and having some stuff out there to show people what you can do, what you're knowledgeable of. Like I put all my videos on YouTube. Now, 99% of the views take place on Facebook, right? And the other 1% is probably on my website. Um, but I still put every one of my videos on YouTube because it becomes sort of my portfolio, right? Because if somebody wanted to learn about what I'm doing with Livestream Universe because um, they wanted to be a sponsor, hint, 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 <laughs> if anybody's out there, um, right? Chances are they're going to look up on YouTube and go watch some video, right? They're more likely to do a Google search and find my YouTube stuff than they are necessarily to go looking for a Facebook page or even a website. And, and so it's important. If you have that, if you have some stuff out there, right, you don't have to have the most popular blog, but if there's 10 people looking for, for a job, right, and you have a blog and the other nine people don't, and you show some knowledge, some interest in the field, doesn't even have to be a great blog, right? I'm going to say the guy that's blogging or the gal that's blogging, right, 
is more likely to be committed to working in that field, more likely to stay in a job than somebody who's not doing anything because, it, you, as you know, and, and I know, it takes a lot of time and effort to even do a blog post when you're busy, to even do a video, any of these things. So, um, you know, you, people don't have to think that they need to, like, accomplish everything or they need a huge following. Sometimes just doing it and having that digital footprint kind of helps you build your brand and your resume. It's almost like a second resume now, right? There's what you send in the mail. And, and it's also a way that, you know, and, and you know this from, from recruiting as well, it's, it's a way that people can show what they do as opposed to tell you what they do. A resume, I'm telling you what I want you to know. I've done this, I've done that, I've done this. And you're like, okay, sounds good. But if I can go to somebody's blog and see a video of them talking about it, particularly if it was recorded live, but if it's, if it's not, that's okay too, right? Did they just took the time to show that they have the knowledge and the interest and, you know, put a little effort in a blog post, whatever. I, I just think there's so many ways still people can stand out and you don't have to say, well, it's so noisy. I don't need to do this. Yeah. Forget the noise. All you need is the right person to see it, right? All right. you need is that hiring manager or that potential client or potential sponsor or whomever it might be. If they find you, you're golden, right? So you don't have to. You don't necessarily have to pierce that 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 noise that's out there. You just have to be out there in a way that makes you stand out from your competition. And there's a good chance your competition isn't doesn't have that digital footprint at all. Yeah, I've even found you know through through webcasting at Gallup and now mm -hmm. with the Average Guy TV and Home Gadget Geeks when I have when I'm doing an interview, when folks are coming in to get jobs, they have seen me already. Uh, they've watched the videos and right. they come in and, and I don't ask I, for a while. I was asking, have you, seen, right. have you seen my videos? And it was a little awkward. To start, <laughs> start the interview off with. So, but many of them towards the end of the interview, all just as we're wrapping things up, they'll say, Hey, I just want to tell you, I saw you or I watched home gadget geeks, or I saw one of your Gallup podcasts. And, and I, and, and I cannot, Ross, I can't tell you how many times, I mean, that has, that has happened to me where we've been talking about things and with somebody and they'll have seen, they'll have Googled me before or whatever, found it. Now for me, when I post, I get way more engagement with my videos when I post them on LinkedIn than I do on Facebook, which is crazy. Right. Whenever I post home gadget geeks on LinkedIn, I get tons of interaction that way. Not as much on Facebook. So it's an interesting, you know, it's, I, I want to say there's been a lot of chat going on about, hey, it works for recruiting. It doesn't work. I like it. I hate it. You know, whatever. It's the right tool for the right job. And I think for us, and a lot of times, it's finding what, how do I take the best of Facebook? For some people, Facebook groups work. For others, they don't. Right. Like for some people, hate Facebook. Some people, they live on Facebook, right? LinkedIn is the same way. I mean, I, I really had no use for LinkedIn for the longest time, but then I found we get incredible traction on our Gallup videos. And that's great SEO and great um, engagement and great outreach that I, of capabilities I have on LinkedIn that I wouldn't normally get in front of those people. And so right. I don't use LinkedIn. I don't recruit off LinkedIn. That's just not my base. Right. But I, we can put our videos out there and they work well. Twitter has been, lately, Twitter has been a great way. And you know, before we started the show here, as I'm looking at my current tw Twitter stream, you tweeted out before you came on. Beauty's right. out there. She normally wouldn't come out to a home gadget geeks, but because <laughs> you came on and you tweeted and right, we pull in a little bit of a of, of another community. So right. I think what we're saying in this is like engage the brain and say what is what's the what's the best way to use or take advantage of the platform 
to make it work for the way we need it to work. And each each platform right. has its own advantages. And there's more options than ever, right? And that's that's so you can play to your strength, right? It's not to say everybody should do a podcast, right? But if your strength is telling stories with your voice, right? If it's communicating that way, what you're passionate about, then having a podcast is a way you can stand out to an, to a potential employer or client or customer or whatever. If if you're a great writer, write blog posts, write articles, do white papers, whatever it is. If you're, you know, if you're really good socially, then get out and network and you know, it, it, it's you know, I I chose to use social media to grow events because it just started coming natural to me, and I was seeing success with it. Um, that option wouldn't have been available 10 years ago, right? It would have been get out and network and, you know, I don't know, write letters, put, put, an, ad, put an ad in the newspaper or whatever, right? So I, it's not that the old ways are dead. It's just that there's, there's different ways where you can find what works for you and for your industry and, and the people you're trying to reach. Yeah, no, right on. And, you know, we've, we've always had to do these kinds of things before. It's just the technology has given us different ways to do them now sometimes more efficient sometimes not like right. i spend a lot of my days on social media because it's part of my job not always the most efficient time spent, <laughs> right <laughs> it'd be terribly distracting and in and a lot of times unfruitful and, yeah and i spend a lot of time as a kind of the social as the uh the strengths community manager for gallup and what we do i spend a lot of time corralling people making sure messages are appropriate making sure you know, that people aren't going off the rails, we're not posting inappropriate things, we're keeping the spammers out. So there's a lot of work. Well, I don't want to spend too much right. time on social media. I want to get, I want to talk a little bit gear with you, but sure. um, what do you think, before we do that, what do you think in the last year, when you think about what you've learned by doing this experiment, right? Jumping in, creating your own first, and Ross, you're a real interesting story to me because most podcasters that I know, like, and I've been in the podcasting space for seven years now, started with a podcast and then do all the social stuff. Right. You came into the social stuff. I mean, Blab was is not your traditional podcasting platform. Right. You came in on Blab and then started figuring out podcasting. So what have you learned in the last year that, you know, you were a broadcaster before. You know how to talk. You know how to run a show. You know how to interview people. Anything you've learned in this last year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've learned that um, at least when it comes to live, that and and I'm guilty of not doing it as much as I could. And when I'm a guest on the show, I, I definitely think as a guest, I'm there to bring you know personality and and interesting stories and things like that. So I do it less. But watching the chat, being a part of the chat, having that interaction. Um, is a whole nother level of broadcasting. And I've heard you say it where, you know, you're not even sure you could go back to doing it without a, a live chat and a live audience. And it, it's just amazing. Um, and the connections that I've made, the people I've gotten to know, um, I mean, I broadcast to so many more people in radio than I do. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the audiences for like shows on Blab and stuff, we're nice, but they're not that big. And and the numbers are bigger on Facebook Live, but it's a lot of like 10-second views and things like that. So you got to take it all with a grain of salt, right? But the, but the people that I've made a personal connection to, the people that I've gotten to know, the people that I now talk to on a daily basis, I mean, I would think like 80 to 90% of them um, 
outside of work, right? All the people that I'm communicating with are podcasters and live streamers and people in the, in the digital online broadcasting world who've become friends and, and people that I, I really enjoy spending time, you know, communicating with online and, and having them on my show and being on their show and just chatting with them, you know, on, by the phone off, you know, on Skype, whatever. And, and that's a whole different world from traditional broadcasting, which was completely one way. There's an audience out there, you know it's out there, but you don't know them, they don't really know you. And, and so that's, I think that's added a dimension and, and why it's, it's got such a pull and why we do this even though it's a ton of work and we have other things and it's not paying the bills or anything like that. It's because to stop doing it is, is to actually, you actually know the people in your chat room. When I was on radio, I didn't know who was listening. Occasionally, because, you know, generally the older generation listened to talk radio, I'd meet somebody's grandparents and they'd go, hey, I listened to you, uh, you know, do the sports at 345 on uh, so-and-so show. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, nobody my age, nobody my age, you know, I, I was in my 20s when I was doing radio in Phoenix. Nobody my age was listening to talk radio. Yeah. <laughs> They all had the music station on or, you know, they were doing something else. So, I mean, now to be able to connect with people like it, it's amazing. It's just, it's a wonderful thing. And I think it makes the shows better because no matter how much you're prepared for a show, how much you know on a topic, you can never know everything. And there's people in the chat who know more about it than you. There's people in the chat who know more about your guest, about, you know, somebody's always got a story about one of your guests that they met or what. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a whole nother level. And it's, it's made, I think it's, it's, it's helped the typical broadcasting bar get higher. Yeah. And, let's, let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope it has some kind of effect because today radio is not very good. And I'll just, I'll be honest with you. No, right. Part of it is because as a podcaster, I can afford to be very niche, right? I can niche down really hard. Right. And get very, very micro in that and still be successful because I'm reaching an audience that's engaged in the conversation that I'm in. You couldn't do that with radio, which wasn't scalable that way, right? They had to sell right. ads. They had to be, they had to dumb up to the, to the, to the market. So <laughs> right, right. And, um, and so it's just a, it's a whole different scenario. What's interesting is lately, I think I've been listening to more talk radio lately mm -hmm. than, than before. And I think they're feeling the pressure a little bit. And I, I've noticed the production and some of the things they're doing is coming up just a smidge. Right, right. And I think they sense it. I think they sense there's an undercurrent of other content that they're fighting for, for where they used to just have their own, right? They had no competition, right? It was right, just right. Ru listen to ESPN or Rush Limbaugh. That's all, that's all right. you can get, right? Right. Uh, now, at least you, you have some competition. So I, I find it very interesting. You, you know Ross, what else oh, I've learned just real quick? Um, I never did anything with the video side of this. I did like two, maybe 10 minute guest little things on uh, Google plus hangouts twice. Other than that, I never used my webcam. So I thought video was this mystery world that like I'd never figure out. Right. And it's really not that complicated. And, and it's, it's become so democratized now that, that anybody really with a webcam, a microphone, and, and headphones can find some type of video platform where they can record, where they can communicate with people, where they can do interviews. And even the tech that you need to know to do a little bit of editing on iMovie or, you know, if you want to buy, you know, a little bit of software or whatever, it, it's, 
it's it's in the reach of the average person now. It's not some sort of complicated thing that you need, you know, 10 years of working as a production assistant and an associate producer and whatever to figure out how to do for yourself. Figure out how to do it on a, you know, major network or something, that's a different story. Yeah. But for you to do video beyond just shooting with your cell phone or whatever, now isn't so complicated anymore. And in fact, the tools are going to continue to come out that are going to make it easier and easier to produce higher and higher quality stuff for the average person. Yeah. And let's talk about that. That's a great segue into some hardware. What are you currently using? So as we're connected here, what are you currently using just from a hardware standpoint to make all this happen? Okay. So right now I'm using a MacBook Pro uh, computer. I'm using a microphone, Samson Q2U uh, microphone, very similar to your ATR2100. Yep. Even a little oh. bit cheaper, actually. Yeah. More in the $50 range, I think, right, than the $70 range. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the one you got can go down to about 50 as well. This one comes uh, with a pair of headphones that I've never tried uh, because They're I already have headphones. They're I don't think they, they didn't look too good, but whatever. Um, I, it's, it's certainly, as you know, these are certainly very capable microphones. It's about fifty to seventy dollar investment. It greatly improves your sound over using over using earbuds, um, and that's it. I, I mean, I'm using the USB connection. I'm plugged into my computer, and what, what got, do you have for a computer? I have a MacBook Pro. So you're on the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm talking to a Microsoft guy. What? Yeah, and then the camera is what's just coming off your MacBook. Yeah, just the webcam from my MacBook. What do you wish you had? Like, if you could, if if I said, "Hey, I'm going to give you a Ross. I'm going to give you twenty five hundred bucks, and you can, you know, to upgrade." Wh what are you? What do you wish you had? You see the space behind me here? <laughs> no, wait a minute. I'm going to give you twenty five hundred bucks, and you're going to buy wall treatments. You're not going to buy technology. Any any technology stuff I, you'd buy? I, I I this is on my list to like do something right. Put 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 a piece of artwork on the wall. If Beauty's still watching, she'll tell you. I, it's something's got to go back there. Um, but no, what I, I, I mean, I have, uh, I have Wirecast, which I'm very, very happy with, which I use to produce my updates. It's a live, it's a, it's most people get it to produce live shows. I actually use the platforms for my live shows that are all, that are kind of free and out there. Right. But for my, my updates, Wirecast lets me switch scenes, switch shots, switch the show cards that I use and all that kind of stuff. Um, as I'm talking, so I can do it live basically, and then just drop and die movie, add some music and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm doing nicely with those tools, but if I could have, you know, a unlimited budget or a $2,500 budget, bucks, what would okay. you, buy? not unlimited. You're not giving me unlimited. No, that's too easy. That's because you <laughs> can say anything. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, 2,500 bucks. I would, uh, let's see. I, I would probably see, I'm pretty happy with what I have, to be honest with you. I, I can, I think I can live with this microphone. I don't know if I got a better microphone, if it would be a better microphone for me, but certainly I, I would probably look at like the RE20 or the Shure. There's, there's two mics that I always saw in all the radio stations. I, I would probably look at those two. Kyle maybe. PR40 would probably fit into that category. Yeah, yeah. Get a mixing board maybe. Um, uh, maybe get a professional ca camera, a better camera, so I'm not just using a webcam. Um so, so that, those are a couple, a few things. I'd probably get something like Final Cut Pro or, uh, you know, maybe I, I would even get uh, some type of audio uh, editing, you know, maybe an Adobe, you know, 
Yeah, jump into the Adobe stack. Or something like that. Yeah. 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 And I'd probably probably do that and have that, you know, have Photoshop and all that stuff. Um Yeah, you know what else I would probably do? Um, although I'm I'm I think I'm pretty good at it and I'm certainly good enough to do it for myself and for other people. I would probably hire somebody who's a web designer to take a look at my website and give me some ideas of what I could do better or differently because I think it's a lot like, uh, you know, a doctor doesn't, uh, you know, still goes to another doctor. I think everybody can, 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 can always use some outside uh, opinion and expertise, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, I think I'm, I'm like the best at helping people write resumes and stuff, but I still give my resume to somebody, right? Because <laughs> no, we, we, we all need a coach. Right, yeah. right, right. We Even the best coaches need, coach. need coaches. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. From a okay, so from a non-podcasting standpoint, we think about uh, from a gadget. This is home okay. gadget geeks. Anything that you're eyeing out there? We in pre-show we were messing with the Alexa, you know, the Amazon. Right, company. right. Um, anything you got your eyes on out there, or any gadgets? If I just gave you some cash and said, "Go, you know, buy anything," what would you buy? I know this is this is sort of embarrassing, but I don't have a big screen TV. I have like a, I have a like a 19 inch. I, I think I get a nice big TV to put up on my wall, and and you know what? I, I I might even put something behind me. I'm thinking, and like when I have my guest, you can see him. You see, people are starting to do that on like web shows and stuff. Yeah, I've got yeah. a monitor there. I never oh, use do. it. I never. It's off. It's black. It's black. I used to put videos up on there and some. But have like some thirty-two inch, forty inch thing up there or whatever, and you know, have you know, if you were a guest on my show, you can see Jim. Jim sitting behind me or whatever. I don't know. I you know, but I I think it would be nice to watch football games on and basketball games and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, with your own show, so you record that with um. You said Wirecast, right? Is what is what you're using? Any, yeah. When you think about the future of your show, where do you mm-hmm. want to take it next? I mean, what's the next step? You're doing daily, which God, I can't. I don't know how you do it, Ross. To be <laughs> honest with you, are you recording those literally every day? Or are you batch processing those? Uh, I'm I'm getting the getting people to submit it to hopefully not not always, but hopefully by Saturday. But I'm still during the week getting video for the next day and getting information and people are giving me stuff at the last minute and if i can i'm working it in so yeah i'm not usually recording until like midnight two in the morning or you know the next morning when i can fit it in like when i take a break working and i, I you know because the you, posting process, yeah i do okay, and the, so the posting helps. process takes sometimes it takes an hour just like okay posting it on facebook and doing the blog post and 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 putting the 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 mp3 up to libsyn and then you know all that stuff all that stuff takes time i always think okay i'm very close to finishing and then there's this like whole other other thing that goes into it and put it on youtube and you know tweak the description and all that kind of stuff um but i if i didn't enjoy it i wouldn't do it because i I love it i mean i just love doing it and and so why not right It, it, you know, it takes away from other things that I would be doing in my free time, but, you know. Well, but it, it becomes, it kind of, like for me, it becomes part of your life. It becomes right. what you do. I, you know, we had somebody in chat, I think it was other Jim in chat said last week, you know, that this is the consistent podcast he listens to on Thursdays. We're here right. every, almost every Thursday night. 
And so it just becomes part of your fabric. And I, I, for me, I, I rarely, I've been doing this six years and I rarely think, oh, I so don't want a podcast tonight. Right, right, no, right. I, most nights I'm, I'm coming down here thinking, you know, there's some nights you're kind of like, okay. Uh, I, I told you in pre-show, I listen to music. I turned on a, a bunch of music that I really like for the, for, for about 20 minutes before the guests come in to kind of get me fired up for, you know, to, to podcast. But I, I rarely get sick of it. You know, it's just, so now the trick for you will be, can you sustain that on a daily basis? Right. That, dude, that's a lot of work. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. every night I'm like, why am I doing this? I hate this. I don't feel like doing it. And then I do it. And I, I mean, I, once I start doing it, I love it. And, you know, I'm always, you know, pretty, pretty happy with like the, the outcome, right? Like I know that I want to do more and do better things with it and all that, but I'm happy like with the body of work so far and you know, what, Good. what, you know, Good. The trajectory is in the right direction or whatever you want to say. I mean, you know, what's interesting is I think if if I was going to get something for broadcasting, a lot of people don't think about this, I'd probably get another computer or two so that I could record, yep. you know, while not, you know, I could record and wirecast and then not worry about, you know, bringing a guest on Skype with that, maybe a Mac Mini or something like that. I mean... So some some things that I could do if I wanted to produce the show entirely myself live yeah. um, and, and not rely on, you know, one of the platforms that's out there that people use for interviews and things like that. Um, because even with a MacBook Pro, and when you're running Wirecast or you're running some software like that and doing video, it, it pushes your CPU up. And... Um, you you can't do a million things on on even the best computers unless you've got dedicated machines and all that stuff, right? No, right on, right on. I think that's a smart. I mean, that's a super smart uh, idea. Is is I we do the same thing here. You know, I'm coming off of a Core i7 home build, right? And then I've got another. I've got a Core i3. That's the broadcast server, and I I split the two responsibilities to make sure that. This, if this PC is struggling, it's not affecting the broadcast. And I shut off, you know, this the broadcast server has only the stuff that we're running out through on it. And it's great. It's, it's sized right. It's not trying to run a C920, which, you know, these, C, these C20, uh, C920 webcams are just pigs on Windows. Right, they right. Just, they take up all the available resources, and that's why I have a Core i7 to make sure it works. So right. that's a great call. I, I, I would say out of everything you said, for as far as, you know, the TV and stuff is great. Randy Randy Cantrell suggests you put a TV in there because you got to have a TV in the studio. Sometimes you just got to sit back and watch it. Right. right. <laughs> and don't show it, have the viewers. Have it up on the wall so you can see it yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's the way you got to do it. But, no, that's – that's pretty smart, I think. Um, as you as you expand out, yeah, more learning. computing power yeah. can always yeah. help. <laughs> never, you know, never hurts. Anything that you'd return, like anything that you've bought that was just junk that you were like, eh, not worth it. Um, yes. Besides uh, those headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I'd have to return the microphone. Right. They they they're not going to take back only one piece. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's a few things I that I thought I would use that I didn't. I got a standing desk, <laughs> very inexpensive one, like put it together $24.99 or whatever. Oh, wow. And, and I was going to put a second computer on that, right? I have an older Windows PC from like 2012. And I was going to use that maybe as like a Skype machine or, a, you know, backup recorder or whatever. And I, I have, I've never gotten around to that. I also bought some selfie stick out of the... Uh, <laughs> 
out of the um what do you call it like the discount bin at staples where you know before they throw it in the garbage it's you know 3.99 3.99 5.99 i don't think the button actually works for video i think it's only for photos but i still don't do very many phone videos almost everything i do is desktop so i you know it might come in handy at some point yeah well and those are those things you know sometimes we buy stuff we're hoping, oh, I hope this is going to be great. And then um, it's not, you know? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, those gadget. are pretty small mistakes, right? Like if, if I, if I threw away $35 on that, you know, it's, it's better than if like I bought a computer that doesn't, that I can't stand and had to get another one or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> bought a video camera that doesn't, you know, doesn't work with the rest of my equipment or <laughs> Yeah, or a piece, an undersized PC. Right. That could be another bad purchase where you're like, oh, and I've, I've seen people do this all the time. They're like, man, I don't want to spend a lot of money. I'm going to get the, you know, I'm going to get the Windows Celeron, you know, netbook. This was common right. a couple of years ago. And there's a bunch of undersized PCs. If they're between two and 400 bucks, chances are they're probably undersized mm -hmm. for you. And you, you get it home. And I did this with Sarah, my wife. I bought her, uh, Brian Auer, one of the guys in the chat room. I don't think he's out there tonight, but he loved these little mini, these little mini form factor Windows PCs, x86 boxes. Right. Uh, I think four gig of RAM in them, but but they're, the processor is just really not very good in there. And I gave that to Sarah and said, ah, we're going to do this in a small form factor. It's going to look great on your desk. It's going to be sleek and look good. And she just hates it. Right, so I, right. Just, I just bought her a new Lenovo desktop Core i5. Nice. Eight gig RAM and a terabyte hard drive. <laughs> I don't want to hear. Her, I don't want to hear her talk about it anymore. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with trying right. to be. And it was inexpensive to do that, but uh, I actually got a pretty good deal, Black Friday deal, on that Lenovo right, box, right. and about three, no, four, no, three twenty-five, something like that for that box on a Black Friday, and it's a yeah, it's nine, eight or nine or ten months old, so it's not the newest thing on the planet, but it'll work. Right. Right. So I think you got to be careful, Ross, in your case. I think you got to be careful not to don't underpower stuff. Right. Sometimes you need the horsepower. Right. You know, especially when you're working with video. Hey, speaking of video, so live streaming, uh, really, right? When we think of, I mean, I think it's here. It's here to stay. It's a new platform. It's a new venue. Lots of people are doing it. I do think there are some things wrong with it. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But okay. when you think about, you sent me an email. <laughs> and you said, "Hey Jim, I want a prediction because you're gonna you're gonna post this on your website." Yes. And you said, "Hey, I want a prediction from you, and I'm not going to give you one until you give me yours." Okay. But when you think about 2017, Dave and I, Dave Jackson and I, asked the podcast coach, um, nailed it back at the beginning of the year. We picked the year of players, and we just we got everybody produced a player, a web, you know, a web player this year to be on. Right. I'm not sure. I think we just guessed and we got it right. But when you think about media and live streaming and what the, the business we're in right now, this is what we're doing. You and I doing right now, yes. podcasting live to our viewers. What do you think the, the future is of that in 2017 or any predictions for 2017 that, uh, that you want to give? Uh, my thinking is that, that TV and live video of the type that we're doing, right. Are going to start to converge a little bit. And that is TV is going to start seeing the value of having, a chat that they actually bring in, right? 
like you know you know i don't know if you notice like during the presidential debates they'll say like oh and we're partnering with facebook on this right and in the most contrived way they go out to somebody to ask a question we have a question on facebook that sounds no different and is completely not spontaneous in any way right like some pre-selected question or maybe it came in but you know maybe they had a focus group it or they had 800 you know they had to get 800 people to to, to, to ask the same question before they asked it or where right it, it's it's not the way we do it where we look at the chat and we go here's a great point let's get that right into the discussion right um, so I think TV's going to find a way to not just say okay we know that there's a Facebook or a Twitter out there and we'll read a tweet once in a while on our show and call that our engagement but to actually start using there, there's no reason if we can do it that that news shows and talk shows on TV can't also have a live chat, even sports shows, even games, right? Where, you know, they're watching what's going on or somebody's watching what's going on and they're reacting to the audience and the audience becomes more engaged and has more choices, right? So I, I think in that way, TV may become a little bit more like what we're doing here, right? Um, and maybe a little pre-show and post-show, it's a little more informal. And um, I, I, and I think live streaming, what we call live streaming, is going to become a little more like TV. Um, more people are going to learn how to either use software, they're going to hire somebody who uses desktop software well to produce them if they're serious about it for their business or, or, or their broadcast. And um, there's also going to be more tools, some free, some paid, but none out of reach of the average person, right, that are going to enable you to add lower thirds and add some graphics and change shots and have different angles. And um, so I just think that there's going to be a convergence. And at some point, it probably won't be 2017, maybe it'll be 2020, 2025. You'll see a show on Facebook and you won't even, it won't even occur to you, is this a TV show or is this a live stream show for Facebook or whatever? It just, it, it looks close. And in fact, there were a couple cases where I saw people doing their own election coverage, right? Produced nicely. They had somebody producing it and they had a couple of windows and, and people talking about the election. And I'm not talking at all about the content. I, I, I didn't necessarily stay and listen to it. But visually, I could you could have thought for a second, okay, wait, are they, is that CNN? Oh, no, that's you know, and no, it's it's not what you could do with a, a budget like CNN or anything, but but it isn't as far off as you think it is, right? And and, and so I that's what I see. Um, but do I, I like? I don't necessarily. I think I am balanced. Like I love I love it, but I'm balanced in that I don't think it's right for every person or every business or even you know most of the people I talk to. I don't say okay, you what you really need to be doing is grab your cell phone and start you know getting on every single day or, you know, your business needs to hire a production company and start doing live, you know, for most people, it's not what they need to be doing, right? There's, there's too many things, other things that they can do. But I do believe there are a lot of businesses out there and a lot of people building their brand who can use video and use it well. Uh, and it can be helpful to them um, if they use it in the right way, if they understand how they can connect with people. So, I guess what I'm seeing is there's, there's convergence. I think some people, it, it, it was a neat fad and it was the shiny toy, and I think they're going to start dropping out, right? And so 
it's going to get better. More people who are serious are going to stay into it. People who have the money are going to pay for software or pay for production help. And, and so the bar is going to start, start rising. You're already seeing it rising um, as people are, are, are adding certain layers of production to their broadcast that, you know, they didn't have when they were on Blab. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you, you couldn't have said my prediction any better. That's pretty funny. That, oh, serious. I purposely did not share that with you in advance because I didn't want to influence your, your answer. But I wrote this, my prediction for 2017, bigger players get bigger and mm -hmm. money flows that way, right? Smaller players start to drop. And I, right. I think that's that what you said is we have this, we had this surge in 2015 and 2016 of a lot of players jumping in here. Cause you're right. The tech is easy. It's easy to get like, you know, even my setup here, it's less than 3000 bucks to, to get right. it all up and running. I could spend more and there are those that do, but I think money at, we're to the point where advertising money will start flowing to the bigger players. We're already seeing the ESPNs. We're already seeing the NPRs, right? We're seeing them jump in and make significant, Hey, I'm doing it at Gallup and we're, we're reaching our customers and I get daily feedback from them that they love it, right? So why would right. we stop? It, it's, but it's not for everybody. Um, and just Dave says this all the time, Dave Jackson says, just because it's real does not mean it's real interesting. And I get right. a little worried about Facebook Live sometimes as being, you know, people just jumping on there and, you know, hey, what's going on? I, I've seen some great uses of it and I've right. seen some mediocre uses of it, you know, from that standpoint. The market will eventually ferret that stuff out, right? It, right. People will figure out, You'll keep doing it or you won't. And either you'll have the, you, you will have the right motivations to keep going or, or you won't. As money flows, I just think it starts flowing to the bigger players. And I yeah. think not to your, to your point too, not in totally in 2017, but as we think about the next five years, I think like everything, the market will con con continue to consolidate and, and uh, bigger things will just grow and the bottom will kind of get cut out for the most part. I, I do think though that like podcasting, there will be people who have no interest or no hope of ever monetizing it, right? And only get a few downloads a week or a few views, but they just enjoy, like somebody enjoys painting for their own sake or they enjoy playing tennis on the weekend or whatever. It doesn't mean at, you know, 40 years old and with two bad knees, they're going to play in Wimbledon, right? But they still can go out there and enjoy it. So I think there's still going to be people who are hosting shows and doing broadcasts that are beyond just grabbing a cell phone at a birthday party and say hi to grandma or whatever, but actually, you know, putting in some work and whatever and are okay with it being a hobby or being something that, you know, this isn't to monetize or professionalize. It's just they enjoy connecting with people and talking with people and, you know, having a broadcast that, that they do weekly or daily or monthly or whatever. So I, I think, you know, everybody's not going to drop off. But those who were chasing sort of the new shiny object and thought that this was the be-all and end-all and this is where they're going to make their money and they're going to become famous and whatever, I think those folks are largely going to drop out, right? Because it's not good. You know, it, like anything else with social media, it's a long game, and it, you know, you're not you're not guaranteed any success, right? So, um, sometimes you have to get lucky. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and yeah. like you say, I mean, the money is going to go to the people who can, you know, who can produce, who can get it done now, and and already have a built-in following, and you know, I, I think most of the people who jumped on sort of the live streaming bandwagon in the last year don't have that following and don't have the production chops and you know don't have that built on audience that's yeah. there already so 
Um, but you know, I, think, I think of like ham radio, right? right, that, right. That's a hobby. It's an expensive hobby. And yet there are still many people in that space doing it. Is it really right. needed anymore? No. Are they still doing it? Absolutely. Because they do it because they, they, they love to do it. And right, right. I think if you love to do it, Mike and Emily, you know, two podcasters in our chat room that right. are out there have both agreed. They're going to keep doing it because they love doing it. I mean, Ross, this gives me a chance to talk to you. Right, right, I mean, right, exactly. For me, it's an awesome moment in a in a chat room, a really good chat room that we can kind of interact with and have a great conversation. It it just doesn't happen. You don't get to have these kinds of conversations in this kind of focused way in life, right? This right, doesn't happen right, right. Yeah, and and you know, well, one of the things that people were saying when 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 Blab died is that you know. Well, you know, maybe we can just chat on a peer in or something like, you know, really it was the post show and the pre show that were fun. But you know what? We wouldn't have all gotten together at, at a certain time if it wasn't the show and a guest and promoted and advertised and, and an alert sent out. So what seems like it's just a casual get together, the, these shows do give a structure to, to the conversation and People open up and talk in a way that they wouldn't if it was just, okay, let's all get together and chat for no reason at 8 o'clock. You know what? People aren't probably showing up, right? I mean, you got to – so there's something to it. Um, yeah. You know, I just think it's interesting. It's, it'll be very interesting to see where things go this year because last year was – you know, kind of the year of let's sort things out, right? I mean, you think about 2015 started with Meerkat and Blab and Periscope, and two of the three that, that really brought to the masses live streaming are gone, yeah. right? Blab's become Bebo, and it's a totally different kind of project. Meerkat, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, but they're no longer doing what they were doing, right? Periscope got bought by Twitter, uh, I think, before before they launched or right around when they launched. So they've got a big player behind them and, you know, and, and you see they're moving to professionalized. Twitter is right there. They've come out with Periscope producer. Now you can use OBS or Wirecast to, to interview shows like this, right from your desktop. And you can really professionalize your broadcasts on Twitter to the extent that you want to, right? Like it's not just going on from your cell phone anymore. And they're, they're trying to identify talent that they're going to push. People who have the biggest following are going to get extra, extra boost and opportunities and showcased because they want to try and monetize off of those people and their following. And, you know, they're looking to pick off YouTube stars and things like that. So um, what seemed like just a, a free form, grab your cell phone, anybody talk, and, you know, the Twitter of, uh, of live streaming it, there's a lot of there's a lot of maneuvering behind the scenes there to to professionalize that and and, and monetize that um, in a way that they probably haven't done till the, to to this point. Yeah. Well, look at the NFL on Twitter tonight, right? We talked right. about this. We mentioned earlier. You know, who would have thought that uh, they would have bought or however they worked out that deal that we could watch NFL football uh, right on Twitter and uh, and pretty actually pretty good. I mean, a pretty good. That's, it's a, that's nice quality. Yeah. Yeah, you can watch it on broadcast television too. But it's actually, a sweet deal for Twitter. They paid like a million dollars a game, which doesn't sound like it sounds like it's a lot. But when you think that Yahoo paid like nineteen million or something last year for one game or part of one game or something like that, it, you know they got ten games for for ten million dollars. So that that was a pretty good deal uh, for Twitter. Um, 
you know, Twitter's got to kind of figure out where it's going and what it's doing and all that kind of thing. I don't think just having NFL is going to, you know, make the difference, but it certainly kept uh, kept them in the discussion, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's just, it's where it's headed, right? From that right. They're going to do Bloomberg and all sorts of stuff coming right. up. No, it's just, it opens the door. I told you the hour would go very fast. Yeah. It has. It just flies by, doesn't it? And uh, and thanks for jumping in here. And again, you can catch, you know, Ross. Uh, besides what you're doing, Livestream Universe, anything else that you want to pimp uh, before we send it, before we send you out? I would love, we just did a, a podcast version of the live stream, the daily live stream update. It's on iTunes. I would love it if people would subscribe. If you like what I do, uh, rate, review. Uh, I'd love to get in new and noteworthy and then the different shows that I feature maybe can get uh, in front of a few more people and people can learn about some of the people who are doing good things with live streaming and you can get there by going to livestreamuniverse.com slash iTunes, livestreamuniverse.com slash iTunes will take you there. Man, you got some radio chops. Though. Oh, thanks. You didn't, even, you didn't even break a sweat on that one. You're like, boom, I got that ready. And you probably said that a few times. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I say that in every update. Yeah. yeah. No, it sounds good. Head over there. And, uh, and what's the show? What's the name of it again? The name it's of the, the Daily Livestream Update. Daily Livestream Update. Okay. Good. And it's a great way. I like to watch it. I mean, I see it on Facebook every day. And I kind of pop in four, four or five minutes maybe. Yeah, and you kind of talk about all the various. You highlight a bunch of folks who are podcasting. I mean, let's let's just say they're podcasters. You call it live streaming, but a lot of these folks are podcasters. And in a few minutes, I can get kind of access if I if I'm looking for some new podcasts to listen to. Although I'd like you to do more a little tech, right? I like you to find some tech guys and start to highlight them too. I mean, okay. you do with me, you do with me, and that's awesome. But uh, we like in our community, we like the tech. Right. Guys, so the I'll, only I'll requirement I have is you have you have to either have a live video show or on your podcast you have to be talking about live video on that episode. Because if I opened it up to all podcasters, yeah. I would yeah. be up all night. <laughs> well, that may not be a bad problem. I, I almost already. <laughs> but um, if anybody does do live video like like Jim does or you talk about live, you have a, a live video guest or live streaming guest on, uh, definitely let me know. I'd love to uh, to run your, your episode or your show uh, in my updates. All right. Awesome. Well, hang tight, Ross. Well, well let me okay. let me get to let me do the the uh, the final exit stuff and then we'll if you can hang around for the post show, that'd be great. Absolutely. So don't forget, I mentioned early in the show, we got a Patreon link available for us. If you want to financially support the show, you can do that. Many of you have, and we appreciate you when you do that. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash support, or just go to the main page, and you'll see the Patreon link on the right-hand side. You can do it that way. I think we have one in $5 options out there. Do it one month or stay on for the subscription, whatever you want to do. We appreciate you guys doing that as well. You can also contact the show if you need to get a hold of me, Jim, at theaverageguy.tv. Track me down on Twitter at Jay Collison. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting. Powered by Maple Grove Partners, get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And actually, last night, Christian and I just recorded a new Cyber Frontiers, and it was all about a case study on security on Maple Grove Partners on the hosting around podcasting and WordPress. And so if you're interested in that, it's not out right now, so our live listeners can't, but this weekend we'll get that produced and out there. You know, we only get Cyber Frontiers out, oh, every month or so, maybe every other month. Uh, but it's a good one. So check that one out. Cyber Frontiers 33 is the number, and you want to check that out. 
Christian does a bang up job and did a nice job of uh, kind of going through his processes for his servers and what they do. And it, it's really eye opening if you're either hosted by them or even thinking about using Christian for your hosting. Um, it's a great, it's just a great overview of what he does from a security standpoint. So again, if you're interested in that, visit maplegrovepartners.com. We'll thank Roger out at WLMN Radio on Grafton for uh, for broadcasting us live. And so I think it's a small radio network, WLMN. Roger, thanks for doing that. He does that every single week, except last week, like when I don't send him a file. You can also listen to Home Gadget Geeks on the new on our new Android and iPhone app, although it's not really new. We've had it for a year or so. Don't forget to do that. Just head out to homegadgetgeeks.com, and, and uh, the buttons are right there to get that app and download it. You can have it right on your start screen on your phone, right there. And it's the best way to listen to us live. So if you're traveling a lot, you want to catch a show on a Thursday night when we're live, the easiest way to do that on your mobile device is on our app. So head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. We want to thank LastPass. By the way, LastPass is going to be on two weeks. Ross, sorry to confuse you on that, by the way, the other day. <laughs> they're on. They're here in two weeks, um, and, and Amber will be on to talk about what's going on on LastPass. We were hoping to have them back in November, but um, some scheduling things on my end changed, and we had to put them off. But December 15th, and if you want to keep track of all the things that we do from a, from a show scheduling standpoint, sign up for the newsletter. TheAverageGuy.tv slash newsletter always has kind of the most current, sort of, most current one that's out there, including a four-week looking forward episode uh, of who's coming up to guest. Brian Friedlander's coming back next week. He's our assistive tech guy, and so he'll have some new gadgets that he's been working with around assistive tech. Amber's the week after that. John Larson from AIM, a local guy, is coming back, and so he'll be on. He had a really cool camera the last time he was here, a little very cool camera and uh, that that very small that he could carry around. It was very, very cool. So come back and join us. That would be December 22nd, and then, of course, we'll be the last show of the year, the 29th. Ross, we're already at the end I of know. the year. Holy <laughs> cow. How did that happen? It was weird saying December this morning. I know. I know. <laughs> five or five weeks away from it at this point. We'll get five Thursdays in December. And on the 29th, Shauna Dorsey's back, and uh, she'll be bringing some stuff. Some of the Shauna's going to share some of the stuff her and I have been working on and partnering here in the Omaha community. That'll be a fun show to have as well. And then uh, January's open. I got to start getting uh, after some folks again. It goes very, very fast. We'll get some folks uh, lined up to be on the show. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the Average Guide at TV Live. Chat room, thanks for being super awesome tonight. We always appreciate the things that you do. We'll be back. We'll be back next week. No, no breaks in December. And with that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.